Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Alicia Boo and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life and more. We'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you will keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. A recent poll conducted among 600 youths reviewed that more than half rarely or almost never shared their personal problems with family. And as parents, we may feel helpless when we witness our children struggling emotionally or contending with a mental health issue. Increasingly, we have been talking about holistic success, especially in the area of mental health. Today, we're so pleased to have with us psychiatrist Dr. Lau Peixiang, who is also a mother. Welcome, Dr. Lau. Thank you for making time for us today. Can you introduce yourself and let our listeners know what you do? Hi, I am a psychiatrist, actually a part-time psychiatrist, but a full-time mother and a daughter to an elderly mom. I have a special interest in eating disorders and enjoy working with older teens and young adults. I have three children between the age of 19 to 25. Two are still studying in the unis and one has started working. So a, a working mom of three children and yeah, around the young adult age band, that's great. To start off, can we invite you to share some thoughts on uh, what kind of a part do you think parents play in our children's inner development? Or would you say that parental involvement is one of the biggest influences in a child's development of their mental and emotional health? Yes, parents play a very crucial role in the emotional development of children. When parents are sensitive and responsive to the physical and emotional needs of young children, they become securely attached to their parents, and this will help with the development of a healthy self-esteem. Children that are secure are generally better at emotional regulations. So to enhance self-esteem of children, it is important to recognize the individual strength of each child and not to compare them with other children or their siblings. That's so true. Your professional career, Dr. Lau, whether you have seen that this really affects children adversely and can you share with us on specifically about this whole issue of comparison? It is quite a big thing in parenting circles. Uh, one of the issues that parents uh, typically struggle with. Any insights from your professional career or stories that you maybe would like to share with us? We might think that comparing would negatively impact the less capable child. But in actual fact, the more capable child can be affected just as much. So I have a patient who told me this. When she was a child, she was the more capable child. She did a lot better than her elder sister, who is three years her senior, in terms of playing the piano and in her advocates class. So her mother would often praise her in the presence of other relatives, telling other relatives how capable she was. But that actually put a lot of pressure on her. So she felt that if she has been less perfect, she would not please her mom, or she would be like her elder sister who is deemed the less capable child if she's been less perfect. That pressure 
actually pushed her on to develop an eating disorder at the age of 18. So she fell prey to anorexia and she's been ill for many years. Thank you for sharing us with uh, this experience with your patients. It seems almost as if like the uh, expectations have been built up to a certain point and there's that pressure to, to sustain it at that level, isn't it? Yeah. So I think as parents, we should love our children as who they are and help them develop their personal best. It's like running a race when you're in a competition. Of course, it's good to win gold, um, but very often the importance of that race is to beat yourself, be better than yourself, reach your personal best. So I think uh, if that's what we try to aim for instead of winning the goal or winning a medal at all, that would help children develop a better self-esteem. Hey, I'm better this year compared to myself last year. Mm. I really like the analogy that you chose, Dr. Liao, this whole idea about achieving our personal best. As we know, the Olympics was just a few months ago, right? And I was given to understand that for a lot of Olympians, they go there, it's not to win medals. They are there to achieve and break their personal best on a world stage. So not everyone will have a chance to win a medal, a gold, a silver or a bronze, but many Olympians are simply there to try to break the threshold of their limit and achieve their personal best. And to them, that is the victory. Actually, that is so true also in terms of academic achievement. Sometimes we have to realise that every child is different. And sometimes, for example, if a child has dyslexia and the child is able to achieve like Um, a 70% or 80% for a certain language that is really absolutely excellent. Speaking about this whole idea on esteem, confidence, if you could share with us as well uh, the idea of self-image and a healthy body, the idea of a healthy body image. Can you share with us what are your views about that? How can a parent grow or foster or nurture a healthy body and self-image? Actually, body image is very subjective. It depends on how an individual perceives his or her appearance and size and how he or her evaluates himself or herself according to what they perceive. For example, you know, a child may think that, okay, my BMI is 15, but it's absolutely acceptable. I think I'm strong. I can run pretty fast. That it's pretty good. Like for a 10-year-old, although 15 maybe. 50 BMI or 50 may be um, about just average, but the child has got very, very positive uh, self-image. Even if a child with um, a larger BMI, a 10-year-old with a 17 or 18 BMI, if the child feels that, okay, I can do this, for example, if I can lift weight or I can cycle pretty fast, that is still quite positive. So it is subjective. I think parents can definitely influence how the child feels about himself or herself. Um, for, for example, if you are amazed by our children's growth and their physical milestones, then they would be too. So it's good to focus on the function and their development rather than the appearance itself. Mm, totally agree with that. So as parents, we can also set good examples and not judge ourselves too much. If we are very sensitive to our weight, oh no, I gained one kg. And we say that loudly, that's definitely going to affect our children and they will be fearful too if they could gain one kg. Yeah, that's true. Parents, we are always setting the tone for our children, right? In terms of the role modeling, what we say, our views and comments about our own weight, the body image as well. Yeah, I think it's also very important for us 
not to criticize other people by their appearance. Um, for example, if we call someone fatty, feimui, abui, or words with negative connotation, then uh, our children will feel that, oh no, I shouldn't gain too much weight. If not, I will fall into that category and I might be despised by my parents. I think this is also true for families who have multiple children, where the siblings sometimes, in the name of fun and jest, can make a comment about their siblings' uh, appearance or uh, body image, right? And, and But little do we know that such a comment, as harmless it may be at that point of time, can have a far-reaching effect on the esteem of the child that's been commented on. Would you agree with that, Dr. Liao? Yes, I agree with that very much. <laughs> But on a more, more positive note, I think we can show our children how we respect our own bodies and take care of our, ourselves uh, to show them how we achieve better functioning. Like I, I try to exercise a little and eat in moderation and rest well when I need to rest, you know, just to demonstrate to my children I, that I take care of myself well. Thank you for sharing how you also practice this, not professionally, but also personally with your family. So we've heard that apart from a healthy self-esteem, it is also important to develop a positive body image, right? And we also know that low self-esteem and body image distortion can eventually lead to social anxiety and eating disorder has become quite prevalent among youth. And I know that this is actually your special interest and area of expertise, Dr. Lel, as a psychiatrist. So can you share with us how can we as parents prevent our children from falling into this trap? That is actually a very, very general question. Prevention of eating disorder starts at childhood. So just now we have talked about positive self-esteem, being securely attached to the parents, parents being available for their children, and development of a positive self-image and self-esteem. But further than that, right, when they go into school, then the children are also influenced by their friends and also the social media especially with the current HBL, children are on social media all the time. That's right. So, so I think, apart from what I've shared just now, um, it is also important for us to help our children get into a positive peer or friends group, whether it is in a church or from a CCA or just a family group of friends that can encourage them and to reflect to them, if they have something negative going on in their mind, if they start like being too conscious about their appearance, this positive group of peers can you know, help them navigate and to show them that it's okay, we are all growing up, you know, sometimes we change and let's all go through this together and make them feel secure. So we know that like having present and involved parents is one of the biggest indicators to help our children grow to be healthy, positive individuals with good mental health, right? And as we've started to talk about the whole idea of when they get into school, the communities of friends, and soon the social media that they will access, right? What are your thoughts and views about that? So I think social media have a strong influence of, on a person's relationship with food and the fear of gaining weight. Many individuals in the social media, they are chronicling their fit bodies you, you can even read about it. That's hot bot on uh, Straits Time. And some, sometimes it's pretty good because in hot bot, they tell you, you know, how they exercise and how to keep fit. But it also can have a negative impact on things like food choices and exercise regimes because some of them might be quite extreme. 
So for individuals struggling with poor self-esteem, the constant streams of body and food conscious posts on social media may cause heightened levels of stress and anxiety surrounding the perfect body image. So it's important for our children to have a healthy group of friends that might tell them that, hey, don't look at that, that is not real. I really like what you share. And uh, for this group of friends to be able to eat together and to be exercising together and stay healthy together. What about for parents with younger children? As we know, the whole uh, idea of uh, issue of eating well and uh, healthy, having a healthy choice of food and diet is really important for a child's development, especially in the early ages, right? What would be your views or your comments on how can we help children to develop a positive relationship with food? Can you just share a bit more with our listeners, parents with younger children as well? For children to eat well, I think families should eat together and parents should demonstrate good eating habits. It is important that we do not make eating a battle. So I know some children are really difficult and picky when it comes to food. Sometimes it's related to temperament and it may not be anything that the parent has or has not done. In situations like that, it's good to give them a variety of choices and to demonstrate that you really enjoy uh, the food that you serve to them. Uh, You can imagine if you serve broccoli to your child and you don't enjoy it, the child may not enjoy it at all, seeing how you have reacted to it. So I must tell you that I don't eat durian and I have affected two of my three children. Two of my children don't touch durians at all because of the disgust that I show. So I think um, that is something important for small children. If you are going to introduce a food to them, it's good that you, you also like it and you demonstrate that you eat a good variety and a healthy variety of food. Yeah, If they don't like it, it's good not to force them, but to reintroduce them this type of food to them a bit later when they're more ready for it. But meanwhile, just continue to demonstrate how to have a good eating habit. Thanks for sharing that, Dr. Leo, your personal experience as well on how you uh, introduce food and uh, enjoying food together as a family. Can you share a little bit more about your experiences parenting your daughters, a relationship, a healthy relationship with food or a healthy relationship with social media or a healthy relationship with on issues like body image? So my daughters um, from young, they were actually told not to discriminate people according to their their appearance, weight or size. So my children almost never ever comment on people's appearance on social media or physically for that matter. And um, they have also been told to look out for other girls that may not be eating well and may have signs and symptoms of eating disorders. I've taught that to them when they were quite young. In primary school, In fact, my elder daughter noticed that her friend has some symptoms of eating disorder. This friend actually told her that she has a sister with an eating disorder and this sister was hiding food, avoiding food, exercising a lot and pretending that she's been eating in school. When she reached home, she refused to have her meals. So when my daughter was talking to her, my daughter realized that she was talking about herself. And her friend was losing a lot of weight and her friend was dashing around during recess and not eating properly. So my daughter quickly alerted me. 
So that's why my instruction to her was, if you see a person that is struggling with body image or is not eating properly, it's lost a lot of weight, you must tell an adult. Mm. And she told me about it. But she was also very fearful that her friend was going to reject her if she were to inform an adult. She told me, and I actually pretended to pick her up from school um, after CCA, and uh, she introduced her friend to me. And really, her friend really looked much too small and thin for her age, because she was nearly 12. I alerted the teachers, and the, first of all, the teacher, the Chinese teacher, had some difficulty believing me because she thought that eating disorder only affected people in the media industries, the, the TV stars, uh, people who are very fashion conscious. Uh, she read about it and she recognized that, yes, this student may have um, symptoms of eating disorder. She alerted the parents. Good thing she alerted the parents who brought the child for assessment and treatment. So my daughter's friend has fully recovered from eating disorder. So my two girls have been practicing that all the time to be a peer helper. You have equipped your daughters to be peer uh, helpers in this whole area of eating disorders. Yeah, wonderful. Mm. Wonderful to hear that. Yeah, so my daughters, they are also the ambassadors. They eat with their friends and they demonstrate good eating habits. Uh, so they eat from all food groups. And, you, you know, some girls actually avoid carbs, carbohydrates, because they are so fearful of gaining weight. But yeah, my daughters generally eat a quite a balanced meal all the time when they're out with their friends. So they demonstrate to their friends that they're not fearful. Exercise. So one of the, my girls was in gymnastics. So she's pretty active even now, although she's not, she's not into gymnastics anymore. Yeah. The other girl was in track and field and she remains also quite active, although she's not in track and field anymore. Yeah. Dr. Liao, speaking about observable symptoms, what are some symptomatic behaviour of eating disorders? So relating to the example you shared about your daughter's uh, encounter with her school friend, that parents should be aware of symptomatic behaviour of eating disorders. Are there some very quick tips or things that we should look out for? Okay, this is for school-going children. So if that's you right. have a child that starts like checking food labels a lot and start worrying about gaining weight, that is one sure sign that she, she may be under some stress. So if a child that was eating pretty fast starts eating very slowly and taking one hour to finish her food, especially showing some fears of carbohydrates, uh, that is also a sure sign. And if they are very preoccupied with their weight, they may be weighing themselves many times a day too. And a gain of like 100 gram may actually spark fear in them. And if they stare in the mirror for a long time, worrying about their weight, their size, or their appearance, that may also ring an alarm bell. For girls, right, sometimes when they hit puberty, when they start gaining a lot of weight, they start complaining a lot that they don't like their bodies. They are so fearful of gaining weight, and that is also a sign that we've got to look out for. The other thing is their judgment. It's an evaluation of themselves. You know, if they start saying things like, oh, I don't look good, uh, I look too old, or I look too fat, it's a self-evaluation. If their self-evaluation has become quite negative, that is also a worrying sign. 
So for parents who are, have maybe started to notice some of this symptomatic behavior in their children, right? Can you offer some advice or words of comfort to parents who in, are in this category as they hear you share, maybe feeling concerned because they do notice some of this symptomatic behavior in their children? What would you say to these parents? I think one of the most important thing is relationship with our children. If you have a very good relationship with your child, one of the things they can do is directly ask, are you okay? I noticed that you are not eating well and you, you know, you're judging yourself so much based on your appearance. Can you share with me how you feel? So empathic listening, positive relationship will go a long way. I think first and foremost, you have to get the child to share his or her feeling with you. So with encouragement, empathic listening, and positive parenting, sometimes the symptoms might disappear. It might just be a phase. So if the phase is rather short, if it's lasted for just a couple of weeks or just a month, and it passes on, continue with that positive parenting. It may not recur again. Yeah, but if something gets worse, even if you try to talk to the child, being very positive, you know, trying to get peers to support them, trying to get them to eat healthy, telling them not to be afraid of growing up, and it still persists and the weight loss or the eating becomes so bad that it affects their functioning, they are not able to focus in their schoolwork or they are so preoccupied the whole day, they spend most of their time just reading food labels or looking at recipes or eating just salad, then I think it's important to get some help for them. Lots of valuable insights and things for us parents to think about today from your sharing, Dr. Leo. Parents, you do have a very unique and valuable role in your children's lives and we hope you will feel more equipped after this session. Thanks, Dr. Leo, for giving your time and sharing your insights with us. Would you have any parting words to share with our listeners? Prevention of body image distortion starts from young. The secure attachment, positive self-esteem, help the child develop a positive self-image, positive relationship with food, help them gain a protective group of peers to support them. And the most important thing, have a very positive relationship with your children so that they will come to you if they happen to fall or stumble. Wonderful. Thanks, Dr. Lel, for sharing your expertise as well as your parenting experiences. Indeed, it is never too late to take steps in supporting our children in their mental health journey wherever they are, even right now. Focus on a family stronger with family is a mental health initiative designed to equip parents with resources, tips, practical handles and insights to be the first line of defense for our children's emotional and mental well-being. It also includes subsidized help for parents struggling with mental and emotional well-being in their children. So do visit www.family.org.sg slash strongerwithfamily and check all that out. We are here to support you in guiding your children in their mental health journey. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode and we hope to see you next time. Music